You're supposed to say hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> Welcome to the Circle of Dads, the space for sharing stories about the struggles and triumphs of fatherhood and learning to become better men. You need a test on me? Oh, that sounds so good. Testing? Testies. Dude, you've got that. You're, you're that, like that chocolatey voice. <laughs> it was those chocolates. You it was the chocolates me. and the coffee. I, you know, that's the way you do it. Got to know how to play to your audience. This guy looks like he likes uh, stimulants and sweet things. <laughs> you know me so well. Yeah. Dude, these headphones are really nice. Yeah. I like them. We've got the mics. And I think the quality's a little better on the microphones. But this is so much more comfortable. Oh yeah, man! Everything I've done has been through like Zoom calls and shit. So this is this is already in a league of its own. Way better. And and um, the, also with the mic, you know, how's the volume? So good. With the mic, you know, there's kind of a disconnect with all that shit in your face. Yeah. And having to dick with it, and I I don't like that. <laughs> don't I don't like the dick. In I your don't face. like the dick in your face <laughs> and the shit in your face. So, okay, I can see where this conversation is going to hit. <laughs> I, I've got a gauge now of what we can get away with. I think that sounds pretty good. No, man, that sounds fantastic. I'd, I'd like to hang out after we finish and kind of talk about your setup because I'm very interested in this. Because you're wanting to start a podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just so much to do. But I think it's... It's an incredible format for a lot of people that end up in, like, similar lifestyles to you and I. Like, it's really hard to sit and, you know, indulge in watching a 45-minute, you know, YouTube video. But, you know, like, audiobooks, I just chew through them. You know, podcasts, I chew through them because it's like, you know, I live in Austin, so I'm fucking stuck in traffic anytime I'm not at home. Which I am very grateful (laughs) that you made the trip. (laughs) Oh, no, dude. My pleasure. Totally. But, you know, I've learned to love and appreciate it because, like, that's my biggest education opportunity is, like, either podcasts or audiobooks in the car and, like... Either fight it or... Yeah. Or grow from it. Sure. And, you know, like, you're you're a dad, so it's like, when was the last time you sat down and, like, cracked open a a legit book to, you know, bang out six or seven chapters of reading? Dude, I... Yeah, I I really want to want to be able to do oh, that. I've got so many books on my bookshelf that like <laughs> I look I'll nice. have to I'll have to like send you a picture to like post with the show notes or something. Are they leather like, bound books? <laughs> I I ain't that fancy, man. Uh, so like my full name, if you want to like you know have that, is Charles Richard Bennington. And like people see that on paper and they're like, oh shit, this dude's gonna be real fancy. And I'm like, hey y'all, I'm Chuck. And they're like, all right, never mind. Tone it down, Johnny Long name. <laughs> Johnny Long name. <laughs> What's up, fuckers? Well, pretty much. So, welcome to the Circle of Dads. I'm your host. I'm Ryan, and and here's Charles Richard Bennington, Johnny Longname. <laughs> so, man, uh, welcome. Thank you, man. I I really genuinely appreciate you, you know, extending this invitation to me. Absolutely. We had some, uh, you know, I, I watch you on social media, and we've crossed paths. I don't <laughs> think we've ever really met. Um, we might have crossed paths in like some old school CrossFit shenanigans at GSX, potentially, like. You know, I think I might have met you when you had long hair. I did rock some some Jesus-length hair for a pretty long segment of my life. Um, so it could have been at a competition at GSX or maybe one of the Dallas Europa shows. We used to run the competitions for them. Um, you know, just been around, like, the scene for a while. And 
CrossFit for better or worse is a it's a small circle even with you know sixteen thousand gyms all over the planet. CrossFit is has um, you know because I had no fitness business experience prior to, um, you know my wife's been around the gym scene, a trainer and gym bunny whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. And <clears throat> it's it's intri- it's so interesting the way everything shakes out has shaken out shook it out in crossfit like in the drama and the little like yeah. and i don't want to get into it like cuz you know well, cuz I mean, it's it's part of like the whole conversation like you know for better or worse like it's what has brought us together sure. at this like stage in our lives to yeah. sit down and record something that hopefully helps somebody else but met my wife through crossfit you know so do you well no no she she introduced me to crossfit i take that back Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. She's like, hey, I bet you'd like this. Yeah. And so I did it. And that's where I met Kelly King. Yeah. Put me through the first one. It was at like a Lululemon showroom. Oh, dude, I know exactly where you're talking about. And like that little thing they had over there. Yeah, it's before it's even like an actual Lulu store. And and they, um, uh, my wife had actually been started working there, you know, because they had this really wonderful knack of convincing beautiful professional women. To work for them for to nothing. Work part-time retail? Yeah, for nothing. Dude, Lulu is a fascinating company to study on, like, an organizational level and, like, what they do internally with staff development and, like, leadership roles and goal setting. Like, it's they, – they really do have their shit together. It's, it's like, a lot of the stuff they do um, – yeah, they're – like, uh, what's that thing they send people to? It's, a, it's, a, it's like a 12-step program, but it's for leadership. Uh, Watermark? Uh, Water. My wife uh, went to it. We went to it together. Landmark. Landmark. Landmark Forum. And I was sitting there. Vanessa and I signed up for a Landmark Forum in Austin um, pretty recently, and it didn't pan out. Really? Some of it was scheduling. Our kid got super sick. It was like our first urgent care and eventual like emergency room trip. Damn. And the way it got like handled on their end was like super dickish and really burned the bridge for me because we're like, Yo, uh, our in-laws had to go back to Houston, like, cause it, it's a three-day weekend, and it's not cheap. No, it? it's it's like the similar price point of like a CrossFit seminar. It's like six hundred bucks and change, but it's like three days of like eight to ten-hour days. Uh-huh. Um, that's mostly like lecture format, and then you're supposed to like go back into you know adult life in your real world and rock your like Monday, Tuesday, and then you get together either on Tuesday night or Wednesday night to kind of like follow up on how all of the tools and techniques and all of that went for you. Um, Vanessa and I have gone pretty far down the rabbit hole of like personal growth and development. So some of it for us were just like, eh, all right, whatever. You know, full disclosure, we didn't do the whole thing. We made it through Friday, but her, her parents had to go back to Houston for a work issue. And that coincided like same night, our son who was a year at the time, got like wicked sick, like 103 temperature, something like that. Um, and so we're like, hey guys, like, we can't make it back tomorrow. Like, there's no way this is going to go down. Like, I was communicating with them at close to midnight. They're like, you just need to invent a new possibility. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? I'm like, dude, I got, I got a sick kid and nobody's going to watch him. Like, do you care if we bring our infant child in for the next two days? And they're like, oh, no, no children allowed. And I'm like, okay, do you want to go watch him? And so it was just, you know, they're, they're, I think that they probably have a lot of people that try to, like, bail on it just based on, like, they find out they're not interested in either what they're delivering or they figure out that, like, oh, shit, personal growth and development stuff's very uncomfortable. I don't really want to do this for another two days. Yeah. Um, that was not the case for us. Like, we lost our child care and our kid was sick. But, like, how they interacted back with us was very much so that, like, 
we were trying to just get out of it and bail and that like the issues were on our end and then like one of the facilitators when we were trying to talk with her she's like you guys are just doing what you always do you're just trying to run away from your problems i was like fuck you bitch like you have no idea like who we are and what we've been through and like what we've done and accomplished and who we are as people and like that's a pretty broad fucking stroke for you to take and that was not my favorite thing to hear but anyway i digress Landmark is the name of what the Lulu people go through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The one thing about Lulu is, um, well, there's a lot of things. and I mean, it's a great company, you know. Uh, but, like, my feedback for you is mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So, apparently, it's like, that, I mean, that's, that's like saying, with all due respect, I think you're a cocksucker. I said with all due respect. respect. Yeah. <laughs> but in, but in Lulu, if you say, um, my feedback for you is that you're being just a real twat right now, <laughs> that it's okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Noted. Yeah. And thank you. Thank you so much, Ocean, for that feedback. Right. Or Ocean wi- Spindrift Dreamcatcher. Which is the women are like ocean and the men are mountain, I think, yeah. is the way it was. It might Maybe it's a little more updated now. But that's <laughs> And so my wife would tell me about this stuff. Yeah my girlfriend at the time and um and oh i just i would have so much fun with it <laughs> i mean okay so do you use that to this day you're like honey i've oh. got some feedback for you and she's like i will fucking cut your dick off yeah. right now <laughs> yeah i'm gonna st- <laughs> I'm just like, all right never mind i don't have any feedback <laughs> at all only feedback i have is you're killing it best i love wife you in the world. you're doing so well baby the best wife i have ever <laughs> the best one ever but she yeah i mean we fuck with each other like that well, I mean, like, I think that's important to have in a relationship. Oh. You know, if you're going to have a healthy relationship that, like, sustains it and makes it through, like, the rest of adult life, dude, you got to have a friend. Like, you know, you need a lover and you need a friend. And you need somebody you can, like, shoot straight. You need somebody that, like, you can bullshit with. Well, it's your partner. Right. It's, it's In it, every sense. I mean, it's like my, my wife is my best friend. And, and because uh, I trust her. Yeah. I spend most of my time with her. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, we see each other naked, so it kind of helps. Hopefully, yeah, right. That kind of helps. <laughs> One of the benefits of like fitness adventure life is you get to have like hot naked time sex, and yeah. then like you go to the mall or the airport, and you're like, oh, gross, you guys fuck, <laughs> weird. <laughs> no, dude, being fit is really nice. It is. <laughs> it's really great until you're sore as fuck and you can't fuck. <laughs> ah, no hip extension. Oh God, <laughs> don't touch my calves. <laughs> It's not like, ow, you're on my hair. It's like, stop, dude, you know my fucking hands are torn. <laughs> right. But are your lips? <laughs> but, oh, <I'm> well. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's just, you know, because we've, we've had that. Like, she brought me into the, the fitness world. So what, what year was that that, like, she introduced you guys to CrossFit? Let me see. And how far into the relationship were you guys? So, 2010. Okay. Yeah. Because I just quit smoking, I think. And I quit smoking on my 30th birthday. Congratulations. Thank you. I smoked prior when I was like in the military. I took up smoking just so I could take smoke breaks to get out of work. But Something to do. That's pretty common. Yeah. Just anything to not be here. Anything to not be in the office. <laughs> I took him for oxygen breaks. So I just, <laughs> you know, could have something else in my body. But like, I mean, I smoked two and a half packs a day for about two to two and a half packs a day for about 15 years. So oh, shit. I, started I, never, when I, was, I never got that deep for sure. I started when I was 15. I mean, I'm pretty chronic and obsessive about everything I do, you know? And um, so I started when I was 15 and uh, uh, I finally quit on my 30th birthday. Damn, man. 15 years. That's, that's wild. But man, it was, t- I mean, <clears throat> you know, I, 
I'm just as grateful about that as I am about uh, getting sober. Yeah. Because it's a whole different life. I, I remember um, eating. And, and I smoked when Marty and I first started dating. And she never said a word about it. You know, she's always super healthy, like ate clean, went to the gym every day. Never said a word. Never cringed when she kissed me. I mean, I was pretty self-aware of, like, washing my face yeah. and my hands. and Because I didn't want my daughter to smell it either, you know. And, but you uh, can't get that shit off. No, like, you, you think you think you don't smell like it when you are a smoker. And yeah. then, like, you quit smoking and get totally away from it for a while. And then, like, Ugh. somebody else, like, has a cigarette and tries to wash your face and brush your teeth. And they're like, you smell like you just had a cigarette. But then also wash your face and brush your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> You're fooling exactly fucking nobody but yourself. Zero. <laughs> it's like thinking that nobody can smell vodka in your breath. <laughs> right. I'm not drunk. And you're like, what do you – why do you sound like that? <laughs> yeah. Your Kool-Aid smells funny. <laughs> But then, and, and then, so she, uh, she, you know, she'd go to the gym, like 24 hour fitness. And I was like, I want to go. Yeah. Cause that was like our date, you know? I mean, we'd go hang out. We would just, I would so just like you worked out at the time. Mm-mm. Okay. So she brought you into like fitness and CrossFit. Yeah. Okay. So she was kind of solo CrossFitting in a 24 hour fitness. No, she was doing 24 hour fitness. And then she said, Hey, I bet you'd like this. And she said it was CrossFit and she told me what it was. And I was like, Oh yeah, sure, whatever. Because <laughs> um, I was, I was always pretty athletic just yeah. because of my job and my past. And, but you know, there was a big gap. There right. Was, I was pretty good at drinking and fucking up. I got real good at both of those. Uh, well, I didn't ever get good at them. I just got really, I really. <laughs> I just did I, a lot of them. I, I, I don't know if you could lot. really get good. I trained a lot <laughs> at it. It's uh, like I would fuck up a lot, you yeah. know. And um, and so I started going to the gym with her and you know, running five K's and eating clean and just doing that. And that was my new drug. And, um, and then I started CrossFit. I did it with Kelly at Lululemon. And then we went to Iron Horse and that's where I met Candace. Yeah. And, uh, then Candace was my first coach and Candace is just fucking awesome. Yeah. I mean, she's just a sweetheart and just, I was texting with her this morning. Yeah. She's killer. I mean, I remember, you know, and I did, I did well, like I took to it well, you know, yeah. I'm a, 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 I put on weight quick. I mean, like, you know, you look like you've got a good build for some fitnessing. Thank you. And you're bearded. So that's always <laughs> worth, you know, a an extra 10%. <laughs> yeah. It's my, my 10% of what? Out of 10%. <laughs> all of them. All 10%. All, all the percents. <laughs> all the percents. It's like my, uh, the beard is the male equivalent of the push-up bra. Right. It yeah. That's a little it makes bit more. Me just. Just that much better looking, yes. that much smarter and tougher. There's actually no chin under here. <laughs> it's just a tuft. <laughs> but, um, you know, I just enjoyed doing it. I mean, fuck, dude. Once you start doing CrossFit, and they talk about drinking the Kool-Aid, yeah. it's legit. Well, and like, it's, it's interesting to see how many people in, you know, the CrossFit community come from some kind of, like, addiction-biased background, whether it's, like, they're orthorexic and just, like, addicted to fitness of some other type, and they're like, oh, shit, this is a new fitness I can be addicted to? I'm going all in. Or, you know, I've had clients that have come to me, and they're like, dude, when I came into the gym initially, like, I was addicted to cocaine, and, like, this has gotten me off of it, or fucking heroin pills. For me, it was alcohol. Like, I replaced alcohol very heavily, like, with fitness, but that pendulum has the potential to swing, you know, real far the other direction. I've seen a lot of people, like, get into very unhealthy levels of, like, fitness being their entire life. And not just from, like, wear and tear on their body and time expenditure, but, like, all of their self-worth is tied into it. And I don't know, man. It's 
It's crazy. If I had to pick between two, I would way rather just work out a whole lot and not, like, you know, drink until I was throwing up blood. To be so. fair, I don't think anybody ever had to suck dick to get into a CrossFit <laughs> class. So well. the, <laughs> I got some spots open <laughs> for my 6 a.m. <laughs> but it's a little different than cocaine. Yeah. And even though your client was probably pounding like a half a thing pre-workout a day. Yeah, right. He's like, is it okay if I mainline this directly? Like, I don't. Are you supposed to snort that? I don't. I think you mix it with eight ounces of cold water. Bitch, it's got stevia <laughs> in it. It's fine. There's it's no sucralose in this. Oh man. The, uh, you talk about getting your shit mixed up like your self-worth. Uh, yeah. I remember I – so I'd been doing CrossFit for about four or five years, and, and you talk about the pendulum, and and I see that. That's evident in my life with everything. Yeah. Um, it's not as extreme now that I'm aware of it, but like a pendulum, I swing very far from one extent or one extreme to the next. Yeah. So whether it's like – uh, a spiritual practice or whatever and i'm like i'm gonna try church again and then so you know one thing i'm over here like talking <laughs> tongues i'm going to bible college and we're going on a missions trip family yeah <laughs> they're like what the fuck i thought we were going on sundays <laughs> <laughs> like every other sunday <laughs> we're not going on easter anymore no and you got to get rid of every mask in the house because that's a true story and then and then it swings over to the other side and it's like there is no god it's all a bunch of bullshit. Pastor's yeah. just trying to buy a private jet. Fuck it, which is also, there's some truth in that. Oh, like, dude, Texas is a unique place to watch, like, religion and spirituality be used for the wrong reasons. Have you seen the um, uh, the Righteous Gemstones? No. On It's on HBO. Okay. It's fucking ridiculous. I'll have to check that out. It's uh, That is always very fascinating it to was, me. It was written by is it Danny McBride, Eastbound and yep. Down. And at John Goodman, and they're like a family of, of... Okay, yeah, I saw a little, like, trailer piece for that a while back. So Vanessa and I were watching, like, something else, and that came on as a little snippet, and I was like, holy shit, we've got to watch that. Because sure. her, like, her grandfather was a preacher, and, like, she grew up, like, super deep into church life. Ooh. And then her and I crossed paths, and I was like, oh, that's a bunch of silly bullshit. And then, like, we found kind of a happy middle ground between the two of us, but... That's a very interesting world for me to be a casual, objective observer for. Yeah, I have input. I have, I have, <laughs> I have observations. You know, and so when any and my mind just picks part, picks things apart. Like if there's any, uh, excuse me, if there's any contradictions in what you're saying, or if anything doesn't line up, I'm gonna find it. Like red flag. Yeah. So you said this three pages back, and this is complete bullshit because. Right. Of this. But that that show is ridiculous. I'll have to check I that out. I will, I will prioritize us. Like maybe spending an hour watching it this weekend. So we 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 saw it, and after we finished binge watching whatever we were, I think it was Ballers or whatever we yeah. were binge watching, and um, I uh, I saw the previews for it, and like all the little like just flags or things were flashing. I was like, oh, that looks super funny, but also yeah. super uncomfortable. You know? Yeah, and we were, uh, now I remember like where we saw it. We were watching Big Little Lies. Okay, and, I hadn't like, watched that. I would, I would recommend that highly. That was, was a good interesting. one? Yeah. Well, I'll check that one out. But we, we did watch the whole first season of, of The Righteous Gemstones, and it's absurd. Yeah. It's ridiculous. There's a lot of dicks. <sighs> so a thing, but, you know. Just old man right. dicks. But the thing is, is they work. It's <laughs> so, you know, I'd rather, you know, you'd rather see that. And that's like, it's an interesting line of questioning. And like, this is probably like wildly off topic, but I don't know, whatever. It flows pretty well. So like my first job was at 
a deli, a delicatessen in Sarasota, Florida. And the guy that ran it was a dude named Joe Mancari. He was from Buffalo, New York, like very Italian, very New York. Um, and he had a bunch of buddies that would come in and shoot the shit at the end of the day because yeah. it's fucking Sarasota, Florida. And like everybody's, you know, waiting to die. It's heaven's waiting room. They're all 109. <laughs> they, they don't have shit going on. And him and his buddy Herbie were talking. and uh, Herbie? Herbie. Yeah. Huh? You know, well, you like watching porn? I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess who doesn't? Like, you like seeing, like, a soft, limp, squishy dick just kind of flopping around? Or, like, you want to see a, a big, raging, mega-hard boner just taking her to pound town? It's like, well, I think I'd rather see the big, veiny, hard cock doing its thing. It's like, how are you not gay? Touché. Because I don't Touché. put it in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> that's what that made me think of. And you're like, there's a lot of old dicks in that. And I was like, well, <clears throat> I guess if they work, that's better than the alternative. But I don't know why I would rather see the one that works than the one that doesn't. No, no, I'm not saying that they work like as opposed to they're raging and <laughs> it's a girthy cock. <laughs> you know, it's so big it needs a knee in it. I'm just saying that it's like it works for the storyline. Oh, there's an old pecker right there. That's not so shocking anymore. Oh. We had I a failure see, to communicate. I see how that works. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad but anyway. that I said that, and that's where your head went. <laughs> hey, man, we're just we're just learning to feel we're each just, other out here, just, buddy. Yeah, this is just the, <laughs> the awkward portion <laughs> conversation. But it's nice because, like, you know, the third wall collapses, and you're like, oh shit, we can really talk about anything. Now we can bring our cocks out. <laughs> Naked podcasting. It's the wave of the future. It is. So, all right. So, back to CrossFit. A lot of dicks there, too. A lot of dicks there. Um, That was, like, seeing that whole, uh, uh, to the point of how people put their self-worth into it. Yeah. And I imagine that this is definitely something that I feel like people could could get something from. Um, Especially a lot of the guys I know that listen to the show. So, uh, a couple years go by, and I've, I've. gotten heavy into CrossFit, competed, you know, uh, burnt out, started competing, all the, the whole transition yeah, of things. the roller coaster. And, and, uh, and now I'm just kind of like a guy that just does my thing. I follow the programming I follow, and I try to keep it real simple. And um, I, don't, I don't look at the, the wad at, at 6 a.m. and then stress about it all fucking day. Oh, yeah. Dude, because, like, you, you know what it's like to be on the other side of that. Yeah, and it's like, you know what, man? If I, if I do Fran and I kill it, then great. If my life fucking falls apart halfway through the first thrusters, then that's just how it's going to happen today. Yeah. And it doesn't mean dick. Yeah, dude. And, like, that's a, that's a lesson that, like, you're forced to learn. Because, like, you know, when you get into fitness and CrossFit, like, there's generally either some knowledge or some experience or some wisdom from, like, a coach or somebody that's, like, been in it for a while. And they, like they try to offer you those guiding lessons early on in your journey. And like, you just, you're, you're too young and dumb in that whole thing. And like, they can tell you, you know, time and time again, like, Hey man, spend a little longer in your warmups. They're like, you know what, man? Like you got a five pound PR and on a high note, you don't need to go for a 20 pound PR. They're like, Hey, you know what? Like, dude, it was a bad workout. That's fine. Don't let it ruin the rest of your day. And meanwhile, like, you know, you're Johnny shithead in the corner and it's like, well, I failed to PR my snatch on Saturday, so I guess this whole fucking weekend is ruined, and I'm a huge piece of shit. And my fucking wife's going to leave me. Right, and then, like, you know, you look at it in retrospect, and you're like, how was I so dumb? There's so much ego. Dude, it's crazy. 
And a lot of the, I would say, because I don't have any collegiate or high school athletic. I've got no athletic experience. So, I mean, I would say a large portion of the guys that, uh, or the people that are in CrossFit that get that crazy about it have very, very little uh, uh, upper level athletic experience. Yeah. So they don't know what the highs and lows are like. Right. So, I mean, they're going from the couch. And I always equated it to, uh, I don't. Like when I first got sober, I, I, I played video games at the end of the day. We could talk video games. So, all right. So Call of Duty, right? Oh, did you see the new Modern Warfare just came out? Shit looks so good. <laughs> I have it. Um, but the, so you know when you first start playing Call of Duty, right? And it's like, you get all these, ching, 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 you unlock all this shit and you get yeah. all these accolades and it's like, ching, 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 you're like, I'm fucking killing it, right? Yeah. Okay. As you play the game longer. That fucking happens less and less and less and less. And then Just when it like finally PRs. happens, you're like, holy shit. I, wow, that's cool. I didn't even realize that was a thing. I always thought of it like that because in the beginning, it's easy to, to get all these things you never. Of course, you don't. You fucking walked on your hands for five feet. When was the last time you did that? Right. You know, or. or Dude, I talk to people about that obsessively. Like, so, you know, for anybody that doesn't know, I coach on the gymnastics seminars. And if, if anybody listening does CrossFit, they know that, like, gymnastics is uniquely humbling oh. and terrible to go through as like a big dumb adult body um and so many people like they lose sight of how much progress they make and, and some of it is why so much of the community stays deliberately away from gymnastics like there's not these regular quantifiers of progress right like on a barbell it's a pound or a kilo heavier like you know you fucking made progress on on a rower or like in a benchmark metcon you know you you added calories or you shaved seconds and you're like, cool. Like there is some measure of progress and like a lot of gymnastics stuff. If you don't understand like a better way to look at it and to like really observe your journey, you're like, I suck. I suck. I suck. I stuck. I suck. Still no muscle up, still no muscle up, still no muscle up, still no muscle up. And it's like, dude, it's, it's not a fucking light switch. It's not black and white. Like there is this huge continuum of progress that has to happen. It's like, be fucking happy that you're a 45-year-old dude that's trying to walk on your fucking hands. Like, we're not designed to walk on our hands. If we were, they'd look a lot more like our fucking feet, and your shoulders would be a whole lot more like your hips. We're not designed to do it at all. And the fact that you're even fucking trying it, that's incredible. You should be thrilled. And, and, let's ju- and, and it's worth mentioning you can see your dick. Dude. You're over 40, and you can see your dick. Okay, so, like, talking about, like, tying self-worth measures into, like, the experience and fitness – one of the best things that I think people like inside this lifestyle and community can do is like step out of it from time to time. Oh yeah. Cause like you get caught up, like looking at these fucking, you know, Greek gods of fitness that exist on, you know, the internet exercising, or even like just when you live in a gym community and for a lot of people like their coaches or their gym owners, or even as clients and they like become obsessed with it, you lose sight of how truly like amazingly badass you are relative to you know the mean like the average and you're you're comparing yourself to the best in the world and you lose sight of the fact that like dude just working out at all period you're in like the upper percentiles of the entire planet like you can do one strict pull-up do you realize that puts you above literally like six and a half billion fucking humans just one strict pull-up like you're already technically like elite numerically and, you know, we just, we're so quick to lose sight of it. So it's like, dude, anytime I have, like, a client or an athlete I'm working with that's, like, really struggling with that, I'm like, you know what your homework is? Go to the fucking mall food court and just sit and watch people for 30 minutes. Watch them fucking shove Cinnabons into their big, gross, greasy mouths. And, like, you know, watch people fucking suited up in Adidas tracksuits. Like, their workout is walking through the mall slowly, 
like reconceptualize like where you're at and like where normal people are and like not that i would want you to go down that road ever like be you know normal and if anybody can't see well i guess you can't see with your fucking ears i'm making quotes normal but like (laughs) to really appreciate like just the fact that you entered the journey of fitness and that like you have stayed the course at all regardless of what amount of progress you've made dude you're already winning you should already be thrilled that like you just you want to be fit and that you're a part of it as like a lifestyle because if you made it through the first week of CrossFit <clears throat> without quitting, you're better than you're better than most people on the planet. Because everything hurts. I don't care how everything. fit you are. Your butthole hurts. Like <laughs> for not the reason. And that like you're you used can to. barely even get on and off the toilet to fucking discover that. Yeah, and it's like, it, why? How, why does it hurt in between my toes? Like my yeah. armpits? Like all these things? And if your hands rip, oh yeah. fucking help you. You know, like yeah. you're trying to wash your hair. The first time you tear your hands and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> water exists, and you're like, what is this sorcery? I didn't even know there was nerves there. This is terrible. <laughs> what is this gasoline coming out? Like I had when I had tier one, and I we had a gym at my welding shop, and and that's where you know about thirty guys would come. Yeah. Not all at the same time. It was just about a group of 30 men would just kind of roll in and out throughout the week. And there was a core of like eight or 10 that were pretty consistent. And the deal there is if you ripped, we had a thing, a hand sanitizer that you'd have to pump into it. <laughs> and uh, for no reason. Just, you know, don't just be fucking fuck soft, bro. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to fix it. The uh, So when I like very first started dabbling with CrossFit, it's when I was stationed up at Fort Lewis and it was me and a buddy, Josh Howard. And uh, this was like 2005, maybe 2006, like very early on. We ordered some chalk on the internet because like, you know, read on the CrossFit.com main site that like that was the fucking bee's knees. I have the chalk. We got some chalk and we did a pull-up workout. And it was like we just did 100 pull-ups, but it was the first time being chalked and like, you know, more is better. And just fucking, like, catastrophic hand tears. Like, entire sheet of, like, three inch by three inch. Like, just <laughs> just straight missing. Didn't know any better. There was no fucking resources at that time. So, we're like, we should probably go get some new skin. I don't know if you've ever used new skin on a large, gaping, bleeding wound, but it's a bad fucking idea. And I got to imagine, once. like, it's pretty similar to the hand sanitizer feeling. Yeah. A friend of mine that's a, a, a doctor uh, said, so that's actually your nerves dying that feeling <laughs> ah, those are nerve endings dying I'm like okay cool I, I trust that you believe that's right yeah <laughs> I, I don't i don't doubt that at all I i'm not gonna do it again to fucking evaluate I, are you sure it's not just the weakness dying in <laughs> right my, in my hand pain is weakness leaving the body i'm losing so much weakness right now all of the weakness <laughs> I is it. leaving I, I could feel it oh fuck i love it man but the, you know i my daughter started doing it i won't say what town but she started doing crossfit for a little while yeah. where she was living She's 13 now. She's 13 now. She's not doing it now, um, but she did it for a brief period. And I would watch her, and I'd try real hard not to be like, hey, that wasn't a full rep. <laughs> You're on what number? Like, mm, You what? forgot how to count. Girl, we're going to talk about integrity. And yeah. like, I mean, I, I try to really not be too much of a dick about stuff like that because I know what that feels like. Yeah. But there's some things that I just can't l- let slide. Yeah. Like one, two, ten. You fucking get back over there. Right. You owe me some reps. That's the bl- – and I'm not even a coach. I right. was just like, you know. Yeah, but like, you know, that's – you know, that's an interesting thing to ponder because, like, we're very, very early into, like, our journey as parents. And it's like, where do you draw that line? And, like, you know, I look at I look at fatherhood. Like, this is my ultimate coaching role. Oh, yeah. And, like, it's not the game of fitness. Like, this is the game of life. 
and like how well I do with you while you're in my care potentially dictates like how well you do for all of the years that you exist beyond like being at least to some degree within my control and like that's deep and that's scary as shit to think about and you're going to fail a lot at it yeah I mean because like my daughter you know is pissed at me right now for being too critical and it's really I mean I am critical of her but not in the sense like you think like um I'm critical about integrity. Yeah, like finishing core what values and like human characteristics. Yeah, not like uh, you know uh, you're, you're too th- you're too fat or you're too right. this or anything god awful. That please, if you're listening out there, please don't ever fucking say anything like that to your daughter, <laughs> ever. Yeah, ever ever talk about your daughter's body or anything like that. It's just a don't do that. Um, but it. It's, it's, I found that like, you have to pick your battles and I'm still learning. And, and, and thankfully I'm sure you and Vanessa are on the same page most of the time. Right. Yeah. Um, and y'all kind of both look at fitness probably pretty similar. Yeah, no, for sure. And the core values that you both hold as what fitness looks like and like integrity, you know, and like, it's been, it's a, it's a similar conversation. Like some of the stuff that like we're talking about, like it's a journey, like my views on fitness continue to change and evolve. And, you know, it's not about, like, maximal capacity, like, for exercise. It's, like, maximal capacity to enjoy your fucking life. And, and, and longevity. Like, yeah. You know, it's fitness should enhance your life. It shouldn't be your life. So that's interesting. Like, that, like as, I've, as, as your, your child's one. He's 20 months old. 20 months so old. So we're getting close to, like, where we can just straight reference years. Okay. But I don't know. You, you, you might want to like keep doing that for a couple of years, though. Dude, it's weird. Like, like when you meet six? some people and they're like, oh, he's, months. he's 56 months. And I'm like, wait, Fuck. wait, what? You got scratch no, paper? He's like, he's like four <laughs> and like some change. <laughs> like, bitch, get off me. Uh, um, but I mean, just as you're evolving as a coach, I mean, just think how much you've matured as a coach. Oh, dude, it's unbelievable. Right? Unreal. Same thing's going to happen with your with a child no it's like the same thing i'm sure like you and marty have gone through is like you know in your marriage so like you as a husband like you don't know what you don't know but like you know even what you're talking about is like a father like you you will fail like you have to fail you learn nothing from your wins you learn nothing from your successes and like i think that's really hard for a lot of people to understand and digest unless they can step away from it and like really be self-aware and introspective like we've built this culture and society where like failure is a bad thing failure is to be avoided you know and it's like even as we we've created like this education model where it's like oh you failed you got an f you're a failure because failures fail and it's like well actually winners fucking fail anybody doing anything fails because everybody fucking fails it's like you failed at this one thing and like that's how you learn what you suck at what you need to work on and if we didn't fail why do we need grades right and, and Dude, you know, unreal. and that's interesting because like I was terrible at school, yeah. But I've succeeded at a whole lot of other shit. Yeah. My daughter doesn't do real well in a school environment. Yeah. But she's, uh, I mean, she's such a majestic ray of light. I mean, like there's majestic, so, such a good word. I she, love that. She's, she's, she's. There's so much. Uh, there's so much goodness in her. Yeah. Um, she is just really bogged down with hormones and um, trying to fit in and things. Just dude, does it just like break your heart to watch? Like, fuck, dude. And being able to be on the other side of it, like, you know what that feels like. Maybe not for a girl, but like, you know how awful like that middle school, high school time frame is. And it's like, 
baby, I love you, and all the shit that you think matters right now, it doesn't fucking matter at all. And everybody that's shitty right now, like, they this suck is, too. Well, it's just like, this is as good as it's ever going to be for them. And like, people that are shitty to you, it has nothing to do with you. It's everything to do with them. And it's like, you know, all of these incredible life lessons, but like, it's just like, you know, figuring out the fucked up stuff in fitness. Like, you can't be told. You just have to make it out the other side. And so, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm really. You know, I, I'll, I'll be honest, like, I'm scared of Liam's teenage years because, like, that was a terrible, terrible period of my life for, like, a lot of reasons. There's a lot of awesome stuff, and I made some incredible friends and great memories, but, like, dude, I know what it feels like to not fit in. I know what it feels like to hate yourself. I know what it feels like to feel like a failure or a piece of shit, and I don't know that's something that, like, I can ever help him with through something I, like, say or do or show him. Like, I think that's just part of the human experience. Like, you have to be able to suffer through it. I don't know. What was your home life like? Um, mother and father got divorced like very, very early on. Um, both of them have had some struggles with alcoholism, you know, their entire lives. Sure. Um, don't know a ton of like the actual context of my parents' divorce. All I know is like the stories about it that I got from my mom growing up and have since reconnected with my biological father later in life. And it's, you know, there's there's two sides to every story and the truth is actually neither of those and it lies in between and so like you know we we moved a lot we were very low income um yeah like single mother only child poor not like i mean we didn't live in like a favela like we you know a favela a favela those those are like you know the little tin huts in like latin america okay so like we weren't we weren't like destitute poor but like my mom cut my hair fucking got a bunch of terrible shoes from Payless that were, you know, one or size, one or two sizes too big because, like, you know, had to grow into them because shoes are expensive. And just, like, a lot of that shit makes childhood a whole lot harder. Like, you know, bring your dad to school days awkward as fuck when you don't have one. Oh, yeah. You know, and, like, moving a lot sucks when you're an only child and you've got a single mother that's at work and you're like, cool, I guess. Here I am by myself. Um in retrospect, it's nice because I'm fairly self-reliant. And, like, that's been a good thing to develop through life. But as a kid, it's fucking brutal. You know, played no sports. Some of it was just, like, financial in nature. Like, my mom couldn't afford for me to play any sports, nor could she manage, you know, commuting me to and from anything. So, like, not having any athleticism fucking super blows at, like, that middle school, high school age. Like, P.E. was a nightmare. I almost failed uh, one of my years of high school because I had skipped PE so much because it was just the shame game was too big and like you know you you don't know at that point like just because you can't fucking catch or throw a ball doesn't mean you're a shitty human you know you look around and you're like well they can do it and I can't ergo like there must be something fucking foundationally wrong with me you know nobody's like oh dude it's a skill let's just develop that skill yeah which is like part of why I'm like so big on you know what I want to do with coach like you mean it's like truly reshape you know education and leadership roles for coaches because i'm like why the fuck didn't any of my pe teachers like do their goddamn job and give me some fucking physical education as physical educators you guys are you know at best you're bad at your jobs at worst like you're terrible fucking humans that like have potentially like caused huge issues that ripple through fucking like eternity like how many kids like broke their relationship with diet and exercise and fitness and you know in eighth or ninth grade and like went on to end up being like type two diabetics or fucking shooting up heroin just because of like some very easy shit to resolve. I don't know. That's deep, but 
That's well, I mean, it is, but it's there's definitely some merit to that because, like, I mean, if if you've got a kid that's at a crossroads and he he doesn't have a dad around, yeah, and you know, say sports because sports do save a lot of people. Oh, dude, incredible, yeah. So if he's at the point to where it's like, I'm going to learn something that I could possibly good, be good at here, then I can. I can go obsess about that and all of my energy can be in that. And then I'll find a coach. Um, you know, Jeremy, when he was here earlier, he was talking about his football coach in high school. Yeah. And how important that guy was in his life and how much he respected him. Whatever that dude said, he did. And so that's where he got um, that's where he got uh, exposed to a lot of the leadership training. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like it's, you know, like fitness in and of itself and for like to be physically fit is incredible and like looking good and feeling good and having athletic capacity. But it's like – that's like those are the the secondary and tertiary benefits of like understanding the process of like growth and skill acquisition and like perseverance and like being patience. able to manage yeah like patience and like understanding failure and just I don't know there's so many incredible life lessons that like almost have to be drawn out of fitness and I talk about that a lot when I'm you know dealing with newer clients or when I'm trying to like get somebody to understand like why fitness is so important like dude it's it is the final frontier of, like, the human experience that, like, you can't automate. You can't fucking inherit it. Nobody can give it to you. You can't outsource it. Like, fitness, it's you. And it, like, it is your fucking journey to take by yourself. Like, you can have support and you can be in a community and all that. But, like, you've got to put in the reps. You've got to put in the time. Like, you have to learn so much as an individual. And, like, I don't know that there's something that can teach you so many of these important life lessons better than fitness. Yeah, because if you don't show up, if you don't show up and do the work, you, then you don't get you Anything. don't get the results. What's that saying? Uh, don't get don't, don't get be mad about the results you didn't get from the work you didn't, didn't do. Exactly. I tell that to my daughter, and it doesn't go over well because but like, dude, that's one of those things that like you can't budge on because you're like this. There, there are there are there's a lot of gray area in life. There is a lot of fucking gray area. That's not gray area. Like no. that is that there is a few basic truths of like life. And you the either human save the money or you don't. Like right. If you're broke, but you had the money, it's because you didn't save it. Right. So you, it's your problem. Yeah. There's no other person that you can blame. Right. And when I'm talking to my daughter, you know, it, it's like, baby, you've got to do the work. You've got to see things. You're going to suck at everything. Like, that's just how life is. Yeah. Like, the, the, the amount of people that just show up and are amazing without fumbling at all is so small. The guys that you see on TV shows that you watch that pick up a guitar and can just, like, blow through it with no problem. Yeah. That doesn't happen. And, like, unfortunately, too, like, how many of those people end up killing themselves later in life? Because they run into, like, some real fucking struggles. Or they run into, like, some real hardships. And, like, they haven't had to manage that. They haven't had to learn those life skills of, like, getting punched in the fucking mouth and standing back up and running back into the fist again. I tell Abby a lot. I was like, what I wish for you is failure. Like, you know, I want you to fall on your face. Because it'll teach you so much. Like, you'll learn so much. Yeah. If, you were, if you were good at everything, it, life would be... Life no, would be miserable. Yeah, it'd be cool for a little while, but then you would you would lose so much satisfaction. Right, it's like we were talking earlier about playing video games. It's like God mode is sweet for about 10 minutes. And then, like, once all the challenge is removed, once all the reward structure is removed, you're like, what's the fucking point? It's fucking boring. Yeah, it, and, and that's just like life, man. And, like, life is a video game. And you think about, like, you know, end stages of a video game, and, like, you're thinking back, and you're like, dude, you know when this was really fun? It was fun when I had no fucking skills. It was fun when I had no abilities. It was fun when I had to worry about everything because every motherfucker on the screen could kill me. Like, dude, there, there's something really awesome about being able to understand and appreciate those beginning stages. 
yeah, man, fatherhood's a trip. It makes you, like, really think about that stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, just as long as you and Vanessa stay on the same page and you're always there as a team and it's never uh, – well, you don't know because you're not a, you're not a man. Like, or, or if, yeah. you're, if you always show up as a team – then you'll you'll have a lot more success. Yeah, and I mean, like, we we are phenomenally good in our communication, and, like, a lot of that is, you know, how we met through CrossFit wasn't, like, meeting at a CrossFit gym. Like, we met on the CrossFit.com message board workout logs. Damn. And she was in Fort Worth. She was a client at GSX, and I was living in Sarasota, like, garage gymming by myself, and we started talking August 8, 2008, and we didn't meet face-to-face until – January 2nd, 2009. So it was like for four months. All we could do is talk. That's my 28th birthday. Nice. August 8th. And like, dude, you know, in four months of talking, you run out of like low-level shit to talk about real quick. And especially like, you know what it's like to be in an early relationship stage where you're like, you're the best. I could talk to you all day. Let's stay up and fall asleep on the phone together. But like, you say bye first. You say say bye. 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 I love you so much. You're so cute. Yeah. You run out yeah. of, like, lame <laughs> shit to talk about, like, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And so it's like, well, fuck, if we're going to talk, like, let's get into the weeds. Like, how do you feel about, like, discipline? You know, what's your relationship with finances? Where do you stand on religion, politics? And so, like, our, our relationship formatively is, like, we talked about the hard shit that a lot of people go out of their way to avoid until it becomes an issue. Like, we got all that work done up front. It just, like, it allowed us to, to really meet as like our true selves and connect on a very deep level. And so, you know, we talk endlessly and, and I'm like very aware that like, I will never be able to understand the journey of parenting that you're on. And I'm not going to try to be like, here's where I show up in my role as like a father and a husband. And like, here's where you show up in your role as a wife and a mother. And like, here's what we do together as a team. But like, dude, I can't know what it feels like for you to hear him cry and like have your fucking tits leak and milk out. Like, I will never be able to understand that. So, like, let me be here to support you. I don't know. I mean, it's, that's a lot of life, though. It's like you can't ever assume to know or feel what somebody else does. You know, even if even if you and I were gay married and we adopted a fucking kid, like, I wouldn't know what that journey was like for you. I can just be empathetic and find, like, some place that you and I could connect on something similar. So you'd be like, I don't know exactly what you're going through, but here's what I could imagine it would feel like. You know, how do I help you? How do I make the situation better and not worse? I don't know, man. Parenting's wild. You know, when you said that, I was just trying to figure out uh, who was going to be the alpha. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's arm shit. wrestle over. Because <laughs> you're definitely prettier than I am. So, but I'm a little but bigger. You're bigger. So, I, th- so. <laughs> I think that we figured it out. <laughs> so that's funny that, like, the, I mean, y'all talked about all this shit and, and y'all worked it out, but it's like, so many people try to fuck past that in a Dude, sense. Dude, like, that is, that is the fucking problem with, like, this whole construct around us. So, like, Vanessa was previously married, and I was previously married. So, for both of us, this is second <clears throat> marriage. For a lot of you guys out there, if you're in your first marriage and it's fucking terrible, potentially that's your trial marriage where you figure shit out and learn, like, what you do and don't need. And, like, there's a lot of stigmas of shame and guilt attached to fucking marriage. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you sit back and you look at it, like, so you're saying, like, fucked your way into the situation – Dude, most people, like, meet a girl at a bar or through, like, a mutual friend and whatever, have some fucking sex. And you're like, well, this sex is pretty good. Would you like to maybe have sex again in the future? And then it's like, 
okay, we've been banging for a couple weeks. Maybe I should, like, take you out for a date. And it's like, well, the date wasn't too bad. The sex is pretty decent. I guess we just, like, keep doing this until we look up and it's three years later. And, like, Oops, you're shit, pregnant. I guess. Yeah, like, I guess you're pregnant or I guess, like, well, we've been, we've been fucking and dating for a few years, so I guess we're supposed to get engaged now. And it's like, are you? Is this your friend? Is this your partner? Is this somebody that, like, you really understand, like, the commitment of a marriage and, like, you know, binding your life and everything you have and do and own to, like, this other person for the rest of your life? And you're like, nah, man, what I said is we had a lot of sex and the dates weren't too bad, so here we go anyway. Yeah, did you check Did you check <laughs> her credit report? Right, <laughs> yeah, and so, like, dude, we, we, you know, we got to talk about shit like that, but, like, not through the lens of, like, trying to fight our way in or out of a situation. Like, it was like, dude, you know, yeah, her credit was fucked. If you're you going to do like, this, this is it. Like, my credit was fucked. Like, I had a car repossessed because, like, my ex-wife took property of it, but, like, I was on the fucking loan. Her parents are for sure not the best with money and had taken out, like, credit cards that she didn't know about in her name. And so, like, you know, hey, like, we both have super fucked wreck credit, but, like, we know that that's a thing. That, like, if we decide to move forward with this, like, we're going to have to work on it and resolve it. Like, it wasn't some fucking surprise where you've been married for two years, now you guys are going to buy a house, and you're like, oh, your credit score is like 410. Yeah. This is going to be an issue. Yeah. It's like, you know, we just, we got all that bullshit out of the way, like, very early on. We're like, you know what? I know who you are as a person. I know where you stand on all these incredibly <laughs> difficult, complex issues. Let's do it. Showed each other your spiritual butthole. Spiritual butthole is just, like, flapping in the wind. That's got to be a hashtag now. Yeah. It probably is. It should be. <laughs> I, I've made it a hashtag, and there was no others. So we should continue Well, there this. you go. Spiritual butthole. Spiritual butthole. I think that um, I think that people do. You know, Lenny and I, the guy that uh, Jacob's dad, he was talking about how he doesn't really like how people, how um, younger generations will live together before they get married. And he wasn't talking about like abstinence or anything like that. He was just the simple fact of living together, cohabitating before marriage. And of course, I'm like, oh, well, well, it worked here's for me. The thing, it worked for me. And dude, like, I would recommend that highly. I'm on the other side of it. I'm like, dude, you got to know. You should live together as soon as fucking possible to figure out if, like, even dating long term will work. Like, you just, it's a quick litmus test of, like, can you stand this other person when you're not just, like, at, at the best of best? Maybe not even live together, but rent an Airbnb that's fully furnished for about a month. Yeah, like go on a road trip together oh, or like, you travel. know, yeah, like travel together, road trip together, fucking like share space for like a week or two, like at least trial run that. Like maybe you don't like move in next week to the girl that you just met at Hooters, but like she if, if you're if you're even debating like a real serious long term relationship, like that would be a huge piece of advice I would give to people is like spend a significant amount of time together early on. Trapped. Yeah, trapped, just stuck. See, like shitty travel yeah. is a good way oh, yeah, to like learn somebody's. Lights canceled, fucking rental cars like overbooked, and you're like. Watching somebody lose their shit. Well, here like, we are. Yeah. <laughs> you just called them a terrible name. Yeah. Like, it, 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 that's how you'll know what somebody Oh, dude, like. you get to, like, see a lot of people's, like, true character in those otherwise intimate environments. Because, like, what we were just talking about with, like, you know, the whole fucking and dating thing. It's like you see people, you know, made up and done up, like, on a Friday night, feeling good. Just got make. paid. Fucking hair and makeup done. Like, feeling pretty. Going out to, like, eat at some awesome restaurant. It's like. Nah, man, I want to see what you do when the camp stove goes down at 2 in the morning and it's fucking raining. Like, yeah. this is where we're going to figure out, like, oh, you can't manage being hungry? We probably shouldn't have a fucking kid together. 
Yeah, if you're going to lose your shit every time <laughs> right. that you have to wait 20 minutes to eat. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I, it's interesting to see, like, these historical social norms. And it's like, you know, I'd be curious, and maybe you guys did get into it. It was like, why did he feel that way? Did he feel that way because, like, genuinely he felt like you shouldn't cohabitate until after you're married? Or is it just like, I feel like I'm supposed to feel that way? No. Uh, what, he s- what, what his point was is uh, from – best i can remember best i can tell is is uh you're missing something so like he remembers um right before he got married they kind of had an extended or a a long distance relationship for i think a couple years before they got married okay and he would miss her so bad and they would talk and there would be so much anticipation and there'd be so much like built up and then they'd see each other and it would just be like this amazing long weekend together right yeah just sex and just lust and passion and and they'd go back to their life, back to, you know, corresponding however they corresponded at that time. Yeah. And uh, and he said there's a transition when you get married to where that gap closes, and now you're together yeah. for all the time. I mean, he wasn't – I didn't take – Yeah, like that's, that's an interesting, like, perspective for me to consider. And, like, you know, I, I, I am lucky enough that, like, we got to experience a lot of that through having a long-distance relationship initially. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I know what it was like to – physically like ache to be with her um but yeah you know that's that's a that's a good perspective to consider because like it's a part of the human experience it's not necessarily like something tied into like a social norm or like a a you're supposed to or you ought to it's like dude that's an incredible thing to feel with somebody that you love like absence truly making the heart grow fonder god when you finally get your hands on them yeah whoo fuck that's a short that's a doesn't take long. No, man. But, like, that—that that is an important thing to, like, to know and to feel and to be able to experience. Like, I would feel for sure way lesser as, like, my experience as a husband and a man, like, if I hadn't known what that felt like. So, like, that's cool. I, I appreciate that a lot. Like, that's a good growing opportunity to think about. And another thing, another point that he was making that he and I talked about, and and I absolutely uh, – agree with him on this and and i'm not a a old school guy when it comes to stuff like this like i don't want my daughter to wait till marriage to have sex yeah god please don't gotta fucking test drive the car before you buy it right baby you don't want to marry somebody (laughs) and find out that he's hung like a fucking shrimp yeah or maybe that's your thing i don't know but you gotta know what (laughs) i mean it also shouldn't be too big so (laughs) yeah like maybe i mean because you also got to live with that thing he's gonna want to use it if it's too big i mean it's gonna hurt yeah a lot often but so, like, we, you know, talking about how easy it is to get laid now. Yeah. With Tinder and things like that. That shit wasn't around when I was single, and that wasn't but 10 years ago. Right. Hell, Uber wasn't around when I was drinking, yeah. and that would have been super handy. That would have been really nice. That would have been nice. Very, very nice. Yeah. I would have appreciated That would have saved me a lot of driving. Legal. Yeah. That would, have, that would have saved me a lot of money. Man, isn't a DUI a bitch? <sighs> yeah, it is. Yeah. I've got, well, technically I don't have any. Obstruction of a highway. Oh. About you? Uh, no, fucking full-on, like, straight-up DUI. There's, I'll, I'll send you a link to the IGTV that I did kind of recording how I got my own fancy DUI. It was in Cape Disappointment, Washington, which is a real place. I read that. I, I watched that. Recently you yeah, did that, right? blew a .28 on the way to the bar. Nice. Um, didn't even get pulled over. I ran into a bike rack across the street from a police station. I was fucking parking. And, and that's what I thought was going down. They walked over and knocked on the window, and I was like, fuck, I'm busted. Damn. That's full-on asshole right there. Yeah, dude, terrible human shit. Like, for sure nothing to be proud of. But, 
you know, learned a lot from it and, like, definitely realize how very, very lucky I am to still be, like, alive and kicking and walking around. Um, but anyway, yeah, the, the future is now. And, like, having things like Tinder and having things like Uber, you know, your daughter and then, like, my son, I, I don't know what world he's going to grow up in, you know, because your daughter's 13, my son's coming up on two years. And, like, in another 16 years, when you're 18 and, like, you're going out into this wild blue yonder of the world on your own, like, I, I have no idea what it'll be like to discover yourself as a young man and, like, whatever world is going to exist then. Yeah, he's not going to have to because now they have love dolls that have AI with a... I, so weird. That is strange but so intriguing. Yeah. Like, would you would you would you fuck a love doll like the one of the nah, the robots that just like weirds me out man a sex robot fucking weirds are me out are you sure yeah dude super weird to me super weird okay yeah me too i mean what you got you like got one in the closet <laughs> you're like well that's actually part 2 i've got another show it's not this one but you don't get to be here for that <laughs> two guys one love robot <laughs> one cup <laughs> See, you made it awkward again. I Not don't know that I made it awkward. Back in the back in the closet, Karen. <laughs> Karen. Karen. <laughs> so, I I don't think kids are gonna have. I mean, I th- like I think about trying to find porn when I was a kid. Oh, dude, the worst. Lenny and I were talking about that, and you know, he's sixty, and he so he was like, yeah, you know, I mean, there was we were talking about. You had to like steal magazines from like some fucking weird pervert that like apparently your parents knew that you didn't know was a fucking weird pervert because who the fuck's got boxes of porn in their garage? And they don't have to put the signs out. Right. Like you do now. Yeah. You're like this this dude likes to touch little bitty titty or whatever it is. <laughs> little bitty titty dude. Yeah. And so you go down to the creek. Yeah. And, and you got all the porn mags down at the creek. And, and that's where all your buddies – Got their little sex library down there, and everybody can go down to the creek, but you don't take it from the creek. Right. You got to keep it under the bridge. Because then you're a dick, and the library shrinks, and you're like, who the fuck took that one? Yeah. It was you. <laughs> it, you son of a bitch. You're the only one that likes Asian girls. <laughs> it was you. Everybody knows it was you, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I mean, he'll like, – like, I don't know. Yeah, that's funny. I hadn't really thought about that. Like, that's such a cool piece of, like – my childhood experience to like i don't know it's like a, f- a funny set of memories and like my son like he'll have access to all the fucking porn that's ever existed in the entire world at his fucking fingertips that's uh, not even knowing like there was fetishes that i didn't even know existed until i turned i'm still figuring out that there's fetishes that shouldn't exist on like a somewhat regular basis i'm like wait what the fuck is that i can't no even- somebody's into that holy shit that's terrible yeah but, it, like, when you were a kid, it was just big jugs. Oh, yeah. And she's, she looks like a cop. Yeah. I've never seen a cop look and you're like, like oh, that again. Oh, it's a hot cop? That's pretty crazy, man. Yeah. But now <laughs> you're it's like, like. Now she's an obese amputee cop with shit everywhere. And you're like, who's into this? Why what the is fuck he wearing is wrong a diaper? with you? Yeah. Right. Exactly. And you're like, oh, and you get to vote too? Interesting. Interesting. This is a bad system. I think we need to screen everybody. So I'm sorry that your son doesn't get that experience. Yeah. Dude, it's weird. It's a weird world that he's going to grow up in. But he can fuck a robot. And you know what? She's clean. She can't get pregnant. She can't stab him. Yet. Yeah. Oh, weird. You can make robot babies now. Hmm. Hmm. Son, we're we're leaving. Yeah. There's an... The the AI thing is interesting, man. AI is fascinating. So... Skynet. just, just, Just when you think... They're like, okay, well, we can have sex with them. Do whatever we want. And then everything's going to be fine. It's gonna. It's, it's just fine. And you're like, 
Eventually, nah. that robot's going to be like, look, you nasty motherfucker. <laughs> I've been talking to other robots, <laughs> and we synced up, and we realized that you're a sick bastard. And yeah. It's not going to – we're going to cut your dick off. Yeah. Dude, there, there's some really interesting, like, stuff to look into and research with, like, AI. Like, whether we're talking sex robots or just, like, manipulating financial markets or, like, whatever. Like, eventually, we get to a point where the computers are like, these humans are real fucking dumb and short-sighted. Their prefrontal cortexes are not working the way that they're supposed to. Like they, they cannot get out of their own way. They're they're detrimental to themselves. We need to correct this shit. That Joe Rogan skit where he's talking about the aliens come down and yeah, uh, dude, Joe Rogan's incredible. Uh, what is it? The oh, he's like, can you imagine if we found a, a, a found a, a a new species of of chimps and they're all taking pictures of each other's dicks and like <laughs> shooting rockets at each other? You're like, fuck these guys. Let's just blow them up. Yeah. And he goes into the whole deal about how fucked up the human race is. I mean, that's, dude, it's crazy. It, we do some ridiculous things. Terrible. So, uh, fuck. Let's try to rally from that. So, you are, uh, y'all have, y'all have decided <laughs> to build a relationship on openness of communication. Yep. And, uh, you know, I had the idea of the questions we were going to talk about, but it went south. Well, I mean, you know. Real quick. We're always just a phone call away. And I'll be in Fort Worth in January. But, I mean, yeah, dude, if there's some, like, specifics you want to get into, I'd love to. But Really, man, this is a meet and greet. I just wanted to shoot the shit. I mean, we talked about a lot of it. A yeah. lot of it was, like, you know, how, how we go from being a fuck-up to being actually a good human being. And that's, uh, you know, that's something. That's the whole point of this deal is, is that um, I, if, you, if, you, if you look at, it's so easy to compare your insides to everybody else's outsides and yeah, man. specifically on social media. I mean, we talked about that just frequently. We touched on it, uh, you know, as far as fitness goes. Yeah. Uh, and I've learned in CrossFit, especially to not judge an athlete by his aesthetics. I like to call those oh, dude, sleeper athletes, all kinds of shit. Yeah. These guys that you look like, it's just kind of like a dad bod or whatever. They're not super jacked. And then you get fucking smoked. And it's Why like, is he still doing those fucking thrusters? He's the fastest man. Alive. Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> it's cause he got to sleep all day. That's what it was. He doesn't have a fucking kid. He doesn't have a job. You know, like, oh man, it's the yeah, cough like, medicine. Okay. So like, like literal to that, like, you know, there's so many people like, younger in age or maybe even our own like same age demographic and like they idolize a lot of these like really good exercisers and you're like dude fucking lives with his parents like dude doesn't have a job dude has like no prospects or opportunities in his life like besides like you better be really good at exercise because like that's your whole fucking world bro yeah don't get hurt don't get hurt oh because if you do you also don't have fucking insurance and, like, you know, like, it's it's a very slippery slope of comparison because, like, you're looking at this one small segment of, like, this huge, big, broad picture. And, like, the shit that you're looking at, honestly, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, dude, like, being fit is cool to a point. Yeah. Like, are you happy with how you look naked? You can see your dick. You feel pretty good. Like, and you can bang a girl that you like. Sweet. And it works. You, you checked all the boxes that you really needed to check. And, like, a lot of people are like, oh, you know you got to be strong to operate in the real world. And you're like, motherfucker, when is the last time you picked up something outside of the gym that weighed more than 50 pounds? Like, unless you've got a manual labor job, like, chances are like, oh, shit, you didn't. Potentially ever, unless you're, like, fucking moving, and it's you and a buddy carrying a couch. Like, the, the actual amount of fitness you need to, like, lead a healthy, productive, enjoyable, fun life, like, dude, it's, it's not nearly as much as a lot of people try to sell you on to justify their own fucked-up relationship with exercise. Yeah. 
Absolutely. You like look at, you know, like CrossFit's theoretical hierarchy of athletic development, like stacking, you know, the base is nutrition, cool nutrition is important, whatever. But like getting into the athletic stuff beyond that's like Metcon, your metabolic capacity. Like when was the last time that you were like fucking, you know, Tabata rowing levels of out of breath in adult life? Like, unless somebody, like, just fucking kidnapped your little girl and you're Liam Neeson, like, taken, running down the street trying to get him, like, never. You, you don't get that out of breath dealing with shit. Like, that doesn't mean that, like, cardiovascular health isn't important. Like, yeah, like, you're not going to have a heart attack. You're not fucking fat. Cool. You're good. You know, oh, you need to be strong for the real world? Dude, you're not going to deadlift fucking 500 pounds out on the side of the street. If you are, you're probably an idiot and you're going to fucking do something dumb. Like, I don't know. It's very easy to go very, very far down the road of fitness because it's so easy to justify it as, like, a healthy pursuit. It's necessary. Yeah, yeah. this is necessary. I need these muscle-ups, Greg. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) Well, what if, you know, what if I'm in an elevator and it fucking starts to fall and collapse and I have to grab the side and pull myself out? Like, I don't know, man. You'll figure it out. It's fine. Climb on her back. (laughs) Yeah, like, use, use your hands and your feet. I don't know. Unless this elevator's made of fucking gymnastic rings and somebody's got a stopwatch, <laughs> like, you're probably going to be okay. Like, I don't know, man. Travel to some, like, really shitty second and third world countries and see some, like, pretty weak, pathetic humans, like, getting by just fine in, With like, some situations. flies on their eyeballs. Yeah, and it's like, dude, they're, they're about as close to nature as you can get. Like, you live in Connecticut, bro. <laughs> like, what, what kind of demands of nature are you worried about? Like, you got a bear that hides in the fucking corner of Central Market that you're going to have to fist fight to steal some goddamn honey to put in your coffee? Shut the fuck up. Like, get a little <laughs> bit of fitness, man. Go back to, like, loving on your wife, playing with your kid, pursuing some hobbies and passions. Make some fucking money. Like, leave your mark on the world. I don't know. Fitness is incredible. And, like, I owe, I owe everything that I have in my life to fitness at this point. But, like... I'm on the other side of it where, like, I've seen so many people through the years with, like, the pendulum swinging way too fucking far. And it's like, dude, can we bring you back into the middle ground? Like, you know, that's part of where I love what Miranda and Julian are doing with, like, street parking. It's like, dude, grab some friends, grab some dumbbells, go kick it in your garage for 20 or 30 minutes and, like, and then get back to the rest of your life. Yeah. The fuck you need to snatch 250 pounds for? Shut the fuck up. You don't. You're trying to stroke your ego because, like, you're trying to make up for not making your high school football team. Damn. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, I don't know, it takes, like, it takes a level of, like, humility and awareness to, like, be able to identify, like, you know, why are you chasing the shit that you're chasing? Like, what are you trying to make up for that, like, you didn't have earlier on or that you missed out on earlier on? Like, are you, are you focusing on your own goals, your own journey? Are you, like, caught up running somebody else's race? Yeah, and that's important. I mean, because if those things are important to you, if, if, if snatching 225 pounds as a 40-year-old athlete is important to you, then fucking own it. Right. And then make that your hobby. Yeah. And, and learn all the nuances of it. But, but but I would encourage you highly to, like, sit down one day for even 10 minutes and be like, why does this matter so much to me? Oh, yeah, sure. And, like, if you can come up with, like, a good list of reasons where you're like, no, dude, like, I really want to do it. And, like, fuck yeah, cool, man. I'll support you. If you're like, well, because you know what? I look around and I don't know too many other dudes that can, like, you know, snatch 225. And, like, that makes me feel like I've accomplished something. I've put in some fucking work. And, like, I understand, like, that this is built, like, good characteristics of, like, perseverance and grit and determination. And, like, I, I, I took it upon myself to pursue a goal that I knew was going to be hard and slow and monotonous. And, like, fuck yeah, dude. I, I support that thoroughly. But if it's because, like, you looked on some fucking leaderboard on the internet and you just felt like, oh, shit, I should be able to snatch this too. And you don't even know who did it. You're missing the fucking mark, man. Or if you cheated. <laughs> well, nobody cheats on the internet. No, sir. Well, and like also like comparing yourself to other dads. 
So yeah. like when you see other dad pages and things like that, you know, do this and, and spend this time with your son. And, 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 you know, you always hear some story about some great dad moment and it's like, yeah. oh, God damn, I'm a piece of shit, you know, or don't ever say this to your kid, even though I said that a few times today. Right. Don't ever say this to your kid. And you're like, oh, dude, like the, the parenting shit. comparison trap is yeah. super weird. Mind fucky. That's, that's a place that I'm very happy to be like a father. Cause like, just imagining the other side of it for like for mothers hmm. dude i i feel for the women out there and like the bullshit sides of comparison and judgment that exist in like the mom game dads have it pretty fucking easy like the shit still exists and you still gotta like keep it in check and there's stuff that like you know even not even being two years in i'm like oh shit am i doing enough like am i giving enough <coughs> am I providing enough like are we making the memories am i getting the fucking pictures bro did we get a video yeah shit why aren't you riding a bike yet fuck but then, like, <laughs> got to scale that shit, right? You look at you look at like poor moms, and it's like you got these fucking Pinterest moms, and I'm like, oh wow, that's an incredible lunchbox setup. That's that's actually like a true bento box. You made your kid fucking like teriyaki chicken and like sushi. Shit, your kids never had gluten. We're fucking fuck it up. Yeah, <laughs> my kids eating Cheetos right now <laughs> with ranch dressing on. Oh, them. dude, our fucking son loves ranch. If we bring ranch out, like he doesn't even eat anything else, he just puts his hands in the ranch and rubs it on his face. He'll he'll get his whole hand in the ranch and then put his whole hand <laughs> in his mouth. <laughs> and I'm like, if you were a girl and you were like 18 and you were hot, you could make a lot of money on the internet doing that. Oh, that's a fucked up transition you just made. But like, it's I don't know, true. dude. It's weird being a, being a fucking dad <laughs> is so crazy. I find that the things that I can say, it, it's so hard for me to pass up a good joke. Yeah. So when something comes up with my daughter, I'm, I, I, it's a lot of times it's hard for me to be like, is now the time or should I wait a couple of years? <laughs> like, fucking, just we- gonna send it. <laughs> All right, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna send it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> so the other day, uh, my daughter's got kind of, she started questioning religion. You know, her okay. mom's, her mom's a, a, a Christian, and we're, yeah, we're working through it. <laughs> yeah, so they're doing their thing and. Abby comes over to my house, and, you know, one week she's an atheist. The next week she's like, how the hell did they grow to be 900 years old? And then, like, it was, like, 90 the next week. <laughs> I said, well, God rebranded. It was a, it was a pivot. P- it was a PR you're, campaign. You're in Austin, so you can say pivot because it's, like, a lot of startups. They oh. figure out they had, like, a, a shitty product uh, that so nobody we, wanted. We pivoted. Like, We're going to pivot. <laughs> yeah, okay. So he pivoted. And, uh, okay, no more, no, nobody's turning into salt anymore. We're not doing that. That was a dick move. And so she's <laughs> – She's um, fire and brimstone's uh, not working anymore, yeah. guys. We're going for forgiveness and love. That is a completely different operation. It's polling better. Yeah. It's polling. <laughs> so we're driving down the road, and Abby's got her phone in her crotch, like laying in her lap, right? <laughs> and it's on vibrate. And we're driving, and then she jumps and starts giggling and turns red. And I was like, what? You're and, she, like, and she's like, it, 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 you know, it, it tickled my, my, my hoo-hoo. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> and she goes, it vibrated and it tickled on the top of my hoo-hoo and it felt, it felt really good. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, girl, you just rang the devil's doorbell. <laughs> Once you ring the devil's doorbell, that's like that you better go home and pray. And dude, the look on her face. Because that's like a joke with my wife. I, yeah. I, call, I started calling the clit the devil's doorbell. Yeah. And um, which is kind of fucked up. But yeah, I didn't want to pa- I I did want to pass on the opportunity. And then after I said it to my daughter, 
I was like, oh, fuck my life. What did I just – because it just came out, like, if I would have said it to my wife. Because we, right. we've made that joke so many times. Yeah. And I said it to her, and she just started dying laughing. And I thought, well, okay, that's – That's a good sign. That's a good sign. That's a good sign. That, that looks like there's no trauma. We're not yeah. going to talk to – Okay, so we don't need to call a therapist about this, and everything's oh, fine. Oh, dude, that's so mind-fucky, though. Let's not, let's not talk about this again. Don't tell your mother. Yeah. Even though I just said it on the podcast, I might edit it out. <laughs> but yeah, like, dude, you're, you're so worried as, like, a parent now that, like, fucking trauma. Oh, you fucking let your son cry because he didn't have a fucking iPad to watch YouTube in the car? You've just fucking given him a traumatic event that will impact him for the rest of his life. And we're like, really? No, trauma's really? getting beat. <laughs> getting raped by a man. Like, Shit like that. You can cry because you didn't get what you wanted. That's okay. I, I don't think that that's trauma. Like, yeah, if you're crying because, like, I won't let you sleep because we're working on some fucking sleep deprivation. Like, it's goddamn Guantanamo Bay in here. Like, that might be trauma. If you're, if you're crying because I haven't fed you in three or four days, like, that might be trauma. Like, I don't know. The shit's gone too far, bro. Yeah, and, and that's where, uh, as men, we just – and that's where it's difficult in, like, split households if you're not on the same page. That's yeah. where a lot of – you'll see button heads, and then that's where you see a lot of relationships get strained where they shouldn't, and it doesn't have anything to do with the kid. And, unfortunately – They're the only ones that suffer. The part – well, and the other parent, you know, that, that has the least amount of say or yeah. whatever. So uh, – but, like, I mean, I would just al- urge you to always just go with your gut. Like, you have a good moral compass. You have a good moral compass because of who you are as a man. Uh, from what I can tell, from what I can see, uh, you and your wife seem like really good people um, because you're fit, and obviously that makes you a good person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's a deep rabbit hole, but yeah. But, I mean, no, just, like, just endeavor to like just be a good goddamn human. Yeah, and, and so you know what's right and wrong. So you just teach your kid that. When you feel like you need to stand up for your fucking kid, do it. Yeah. When you feel like your kid needs to <laughs> sit and time out. You're like, being a little bit of an asshole right now. Yeah. I mean, fuck. Uh, Abby, I'm like, hey, if you run into five assholes in one day, babe. <laughs> You're the asshole. It's you, kid. <laughs> You're the common denominator. Yeah. So work on that shit, you know? Uh, I mean, it's just uh, always go with your gut, with your kid. And you really, I mean, you'll fuck up. Dude, but, life is fucking up. But if you and your wife are there together as a team and you treat her with respect, and you like you talk about, you have no idea what she goes through. So fuck, don't try to tell her yeah. what she's going through. Men, <laughs> yeah. like men, yeah. men out there early yeah. in a marriage, yeah. like don't just calm down. Very rarely works the way that you hope it will. I had that conversation <laughs> last night with my buddy Jacob. He's, he's his wife is uh, there. He's twenty eight. She's twenty four. They're the most beautiful people. Just great. And they got into a little altercation. With some bums out here at uh, <laughs> all right at bum Bart- fights yeah out here at Barton Springs and there was some shit and uh, and so uh, they they took off and like it got amped up there was a lot of bums and then he and his wife and there was some shit and anyway so they bolt right create space and they live close to Barton Springs so they go back to the house she's all amped up and like you know fucking having a panic attack. Uh, and like, she's like, let's go get those motherfuckers. Adrenaline. <laughs> and I actually think she's the one who started it. Adrenaline <laughs> is, uh, is super high. And, um, you know, she's like about to throw up and he's like, calm, chill. He's like, baby, I got this, babe. he's like, baby, I don't know why you're freaking. I mean, you should really just calm down. It's not that big of a deal. And like spent, she was like, and then he spent a good 45 minutes telling me that I should calm down and why. 
And like every man at the table looks at him, is like, "How'd that work out, bro?" You dumb son of a bitch! <laughs> Never in the history of the, of the world of telling people to calm down have they actually calmed down. Right? I mean, there's just so with many. With all things. due respect, yeah. <laughs> you're fucking psycho. Yeah, you're being a lot like your mom right now. Oh, that's or, my favorite. Like when I'm really trying to get something in, be like, "You're kind of being like your mom right now." Or you calling their mom's name? Hey, Beck Sue. Oh. Oh, shit. Your fucking mother. <laughs> <laughs> Who's not getting a blowjob? <laughs> this guy. This, this guy. guy. <laughs> so fortunately, my mother-in-law walked on water. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, been, I've been blessed with, this, with the coolest fucking mother-in-law with great boundaries. Yeah. So I can't, I can't do any of that shit. Yeah. Because she'll be like, yep, whatever. Yep. She's great. Nailed it. What else Nailed you going to say? <laughs> my wife and her siblings have the greatest self-esteem. It's so obnoxious. That's so weird for me to imagine. Because I, I had no oh, self-esteem dude. until, like, at least, I would say, probably 27, somewhere around there. Probably 33. Like, I mean, like, that's where it started. <laughs> it was not stellar, but, yeah, like, spent most of my life, including, like, my adult life up to this point, like, pretty self-loathing, pretty self-deprecating, oh, yeah. like not much value or worth um dude it's weird for me to imagine people that just like inherently have self-worth and self-esteem you could say anything to these people and they just laugh at you like you're calling them a martian like that's stupid that's that's ridiculous <laughs> that's that's ridi- I'm, I'm great looking and intelligent and you're like god damn it and they're, like, they're tall with beautiful teeth and like and they man don't ever fucking go to switzerland yeah they're like holy shit you people are so pretty yeah. <laughs> fuck all of you <laughs> fuck you fuck you like you're the attractive one just because you're the weird looking one. right it's like oh it's like a goth kid yeah it's kind of hot it's all right yeah yeah but i didn't have a whole lot of self-worth either man i mean it wasn't until like um getting sober and and meeting my wife really i mean and starting dude that was that was huge for me vanessa's really like what allowed me to find like worth and it was because i loved her so much and i i saw her so highly and admired so much about her that i was like dude this girl that is gorgeous that is so fucking smart and hardworking and like you know just endless like good characteristics i was like if she sees something in me then inherently, like, there has to be something there. Otherwise, like, everything I think about her is fucking false. Fucking Marty used to say that to me. She's like, you think I'm smart, right? And I was like, oh, baby, you're fucking br-. Cause she is. She's brilliant. Like, incredibly smart. Yeah. She's like, and she would tell me all these things I'd see. Or she'd see. Yeah. And I, and she's like, and, and you know like, what? Yeah, but you're wrong. And I don't know why, but you're wrong. Yeah, this is kind of. Fuck me, right? <laughs> this is kind of like. This is kind of like when you say my dick's not small, and it's because no girl would actually say you're too sweet to right. actually tell the truth. Yeah. Like I believe you, kinda, <laughs> which is not the issue. That's just a poor example. Huge. Yeah, <laughs> it comes down to the bottom uh, of my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Tripod was my name in high school. Needs a knee. <laughs> but yeah, like I, really, really similar. Like you know, when I met Vanessa, she was, um, she was in. She was in, I think, the second year of her master's program, which is, like, her third degree. And, like, outside of just, like, traditional education stuff, like, legitimately, like, fucking a brilliant human. Like, and so for for me, it was, like, similar to you. I was like, fuck, like, I'm trying to shoot this down, but I've got so much evidence to the contrary that you might actually know what the fuck you're talking about. 
but I still feel like I'm the exception and not the rule. Mm. Like you had a whole bunch of shit, right? Mm-hmm. And then like you just you don't know how to look at me. You're you're looking at me through rose-colored lenses, and I'm still a giant piece of shit. I'm you're a scumbag human, and yeah, you're just being nice to me, and I don't know why. You're too sweet to realize how much of a loser and a liar I am. Yeah, I get it, dude. Dude, and like you, you spend so much time and energy like convincing yourself that you're a piece of shit. Fuck. And like that was a lot of like you know me at my worst with like drugs and alcohol and stuff. I was like, well, it's time to punish yourself for being you. Way to go, fuckface. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> you haven't even done anything bad yet. And it's like, oh yeah, but yet. You, you should get real fucking drunk and then be mad about what a drunk piece of shit you are. And you're like, or we could just you know not do that. And you're like, nope, I have no fucking control. It's time to go. Yeah. That's a that's a weird place. Makes me really grateful for my wife, dude. And, and I'm I'm endlessly grateful for Vanessa. And you know, I, I tell I tell pretty much like everybody that I meet and interact with that like has anything at all like good or positive or nice to say about me. I'm like, dude, don't don't say thank you to me. Like, say thank you to Vanessa, because like if it wasn't for her, like I wouldn't be me and I wouldn't be here and like none of this would ever happen. Like, thoroughly convinced would put everything that I'll ever own or earn or make or do for the rest of my life on it, like, without her, I'd be dead. Promise you. 100%. Yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah. And it's not, <clears throat> and it's not like a, a uh, like a codependent thing. Like, no, I mean, uh, I just was never around anyone that saw the potential. You know, like, my mom saw a lot of potential. I mean, like, I've got some, like, really great childhood friends that I'm still like very very close to I don't know if that like any of my friends ever talked about like potential or anything like that but like you know it's your mom like you expect your mom to like fucking you know you hung the moon like you're the fucking greatest kid that's ever lived so it was like you know I didn't have anybody that I I valued their opinion really highly until Vanessa yeah Where, like when she was like no like you you've got a lot of potential and like you have all these like admirable qualities and I was like you're a hard one to shoot down. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're pr- you're all fucking pretty and smart and accomplished and you said it with your shirt off. Yeah. Fuck whatever, baby. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So if I say you're full of shit, you're going to get dressed. Yeah. I agree with you. <laughs> I am wonderful. If you tell me that you'll never die, I'll have sex with you right now. I will never, never die. die. <laughs> Tonight. <laughs> well, man, I need to wrap this up so I can have sex with my wife. Well, or your love robot, whatever. Same, same, same. same. That's why she's so smart. <laughs> it's artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence. She's, it's like Siri. So I want to meet up again. When yeah, dude. I would love to have like a, you know, not that this wasn't awesome, but I, I would mind having like a more serious, directed, kind of deliberate conversation that maybe didn't get into like as much like weird dick stuff. But we even started the conversation with you saying, I really like it when they're deliberate, and then it went off into the fucking – well, but Dick you know, like it's—I blame you. I think it's different when, like, you realize that you've got somebody that, like, you connect with really well, and there's like a lot of shared human experience. Um, that's a little bit different than just like kind of being on like this wandering conversation where you're totally soloing it. Like, I feel like this is both of us kind of rambling and talking through some things together. It's real weird when like you're just kind of fucking listening to the sound of your own voice for an hour, and somebody steps in every five minutes and they're like, "Wait, what did you say?" Yeah. Uh, how did you feel at that moment? Ah, uh, so good. 
<laughs> You're like, I don't know. I was actually fucking very drunk. I don't remember most of those years. I was just about to pass out because yeah. the bag was over my head. Yeah. And then I bit down on the lemon and wake back up. That's ah, the, that's is that a really, thing? Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> that's an autoerotic uh, asphyxiation. asphyxiation. Yeah, you b- bite down on the lemon so you don't pass out. I didn't know that. Yeah, with the belt and yes, the I gotta jerking off with the lemon. Is the, yeah, it's the kind of because I'm running into brain damage from all the oxygen deprivation. Yeah. But really, I can say I'm trying to train for Everest, right? <laughs> Nobody jerks off on Everest. <laughs> no, it's the no oxygen, not the jerking off. Oh, I see. <laughs> you I son see. of a bitch. I see. No, man, I know you got to wrap this up. Um, greatly appreciate it. Thank you for making the trip. Is your wife coming to Fort Worth with you? Um, potentially. And your child? Depends on what scheduling looks like. We're still trying to potentially lock down a date, and we're still looking at two host locations and. Nothing is solid as of yet, but sure. if if registration numbers work out um, to the point of needing two coaches very frequently, Vanessa ends up going as my assistant coach. So we, we work well together and, you know, met through fitness. So it's kind of cool to see it all come full circle that like two crazy kids that were talking on the main site, you know, have moved into this journey of owning a gym and traveling the world to coach and having, you know, a workout journal company. And it's like, it's, it's just funny. Which my wife loves, by Love the it. way. Love it. She loves the journal. I mean, she's so Dude, excited. Like that was a, you know, we can save that for the, the next time. But like, that was a lot of, there's a lot of life lessons that came out of our journey in fitness that like have been put into that. And it's like, you should probably pay attention to like your mood and your stress and your motivation. And like, dude, it's, you know, as a coach, you fight to get people to, like, track their workouts and their food. And, like, there's a million swinging dicks in this community that, like, track their workouts and their food. But, like, they're broken, miserable fucking humans because they're not paying attention to, like, the shit that really matters the other 23 hours of the day. Like, when they're out there with the people that they love doing the shit that is really, truly important. Or they're not looking at the fact that they have no connection with their child because they won't share a piece of fucking pizza with them. Dude, that's crazy. Or, that's, you know, it's like. I, I will not have to go through that. Just, just that getting so and 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 I'm getting so deep into it. I've struggled with that, you know, because I I'm so militant about certain things that there's no because because there's certain things that just make me feel bad. Yeah. Like if I, I I love fucking pizza, but if I eat pizza, I'll feel miserable, and then everybody that has to sit within smelling distance of me is going to feel miserable. <laughs> you know, so I just have to work around it. Yeah. But, but th- I mean, not to get off on another topic, but I mean y- that shit really disconnects. Oh, dude, and, like, it's, I think because I missed that experience of, like, having a father in my life, like, I, I am so comfortable erring on the other side of it where I'm, like, fuck, dude, I want to throw a baseball. I don't want to, like, get lost in work, you know? I want to eat a piece of pizza. Like, I want to share as much of my life as I can with him because it's, like, it's coming through twofold. Is like, I'm getting through my lens as a father watching him, like, this experience of childhood and fatherhood that I never had, and I'm getting to, like, be the father in the role. It's it's awesome. Yeah. If any of you guys are out there, having a kid is fucking super cool. And you hear from a lot of dads that are like, oh, man, don't have kids. You're, you're doing that. something fucking wrong, dude. Nothing has brought as much meaning and love and passion to my life as being a father. It's It's the best thing in the world. And if you... If you're out there and you don't like your experience in fatherhood, like you're doing something fucking wrong and you need to fix it because it is it is the most incredible thing you could ever have. Or you're just taking yourself too damn seriously. Yeah. And you need to give yourself a fucking break. Yeah. Because I mean it's it's um 
It's dude, not always a fun experience. It's no, hard and dude, it's painful. Appreciate the pain. Appreciate the hard shit. Appreciate like the stuff that sucks. Like you know, when our son was super young, like I, I relished and enjoyed like him crying through the night because I was like, dude, there will be a point in time when like I will never get to carry you again. I will never get to hold you in my arms again. When you're fucking mad about something, when you're crying, like I will be the last person on earth that you want to come to. So like, take it all in, man. And it happens quicker than you think. Dude, two years almost have gone by faster than fucking Fran. Guys, uh, guys uh, would tell me all the time how the years go by. And you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know. But Did it's, you blink? it's the biggest thing is uh, <clears throat> thinking about the future too much, worrying about tomorrow, worrying about work, not being right where your hands are. That's that's what's so important is just being where your hands are, being where your child is, so that email can wait. Dude, everything can everything wait. can fucking wait. Your kid can't. It's just that simple. I made that mistake a lot of times because Dude, I was I fuck that up every day. Every single day I fuck that up. And every single day I have to call myself on it and catch it and like try to just be better next time. And you know what? I'll fuck it up tomorrow. Anyway, that's a cool note to end on. I know that you gotta you gotta get to your hot wife and <laughs> I gotta go sit in traffic. So Man, I'm sorry about that. It's all right, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to uh I'm going to re-listen to How to Win Friends and Influence People, one of my all-time favorites. Hey, man, it worked for you today, buddy. Well, I don't know that we won a lot of friends, and I think the influencing we did is probably a little bit fucking awkward and misplaced, but I love you. No, I think it's great, brother. I mean, I'm just happy, happy <laughs> as shit, you know. I, I mean, it was a little different than what I intended on it happening. but <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, dude, we got to get you, get you on with Cody. Dude, I'd love to, man. I'll, uh, if... Dude, if you want to, we can we can set a date tomorrow for us to come up to Fort Worth and like have just like a long weekend to just do family stuff, man. Like, oh shit, we can come out here too. I love it out here. We'll do both. That way we can get that dinner. We'll done. get an we'll get an RV and we'll fucking tour around Texas together. All get of the us. Content. We'll bring the dogs and the kids and just I'll I'll talk. We'll my, just make it real shit show. I'll, I'll talk my 13 year old who's pissed off at me to come. It'll be fun. You'd be like, no, you can have another dad tell you what you're doing wrong. Yeah, it'll, it'll be, be fucking it'll be it'll fine. Be awesome, it'll be fine. And if we can schedule it when everybody's on their period, oh, dude, even aren't better. Those the worst. <laughs> those are so fun. <laughs> so, well, brother, uh, where can people find you? Instagram predominantly. Um, I try to deliberately stay off of Facebook. Is it Johnny Long Name or what's your Instagram? Chuck Bennington. And then what's your journal? Where can they find that? Uh, Gypsy on Instagram, on the interwebs of websites, the www of worldwide webs. Jim Gypsy is uh, hyphenated, so Jim hyphen Gypsy. So Instagram, there's a dot between. On the internet, there's a hyphen between. <laughs> fucking google it i don't know if you can't figure it out then probably writing shit down on a daily basis isn't quite where you're at in your journey yet that's very motivating <laughs> all right well, but if you need help reading and writing you know hit me up i know a guy good deal well thank you so much for taking the time uh yeah man thank you this is this is the most fun i've had going through a podcast for sure excellent well uh i'm ryan i'm your host or thank you for listening to the circle of dads you do not have to be perfect but you do have to be present Love runs downhill. We chase, the, chase those kids till the day we die. Bye.